G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If you ever decided to put your trust in Jesus for your forgiveness, for the free gift of eternal life, then you'll know the joy that that brings. But all too many people take the first step, and that's it. That's where they stop, and then, then they wonder why their new life in Christ is going nowhere. I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as today we take a look at your life, your new life, from a different perspective. I remember the day that I gave my life to Jesus as though it was yesterday. It sits in my memory as clear as a bell. It was around 11.20am on Sunday the 15th of October 1995. My life in the months and the weeks leading up to that day was just awful. I mean, to this day, that time ranks as absolutely the worst time of my life. A few months earlier, I'd come close to taking my own life. I was depressed. My world was falling apart. My future was uncertain. It was just horrible. I was absolutely at rock bottom. And what made that all the more difficult for me was that I was someone who had always succeeded at everything that I'd ever turned my hand to. If you'd asked people about me back then, they'd have told you that I was a tough, brutal so-and-so, but that my drive and my determination meant that I was also very successful at what I did. Success, as it turned out for me, was a lonely, empty place. It was that loneliness, that emptiness, that drove me to the edge. So, life was awful. But these friends of mine opened their hearts and their home to me. They loved me when I was difficult to love. They stood by me, and, and on that day, on that Sunday... They invited me to go to church with them. I remember the day. It was bright and sunny, but cool. I I had sweaty palms walking up the hill to that church building. The pastor, a bloke by the name of Ted Keating, preached a message that day with the title, God is Calling You. (laughs) Sounds a bit corny now, but it had a powerful impact on me. His main text was Genesis chapter 12, The Call of Abraham. And after the service... I walked outside while all you Christians were having your cups of tea and coffee and and chatting with the little other groups of people that you have in your church. And I sat down under a big gum tree and I gave my life to Jesus. Later on that day, these friends of mine were driving me to the airport, as I recall. And despite all the dreadful things that were going on in my life, I was filled with the the most incredible joy. I was like a balloon filled with helium bouncing around the back of their car. Now, maybe you've had a similar experience. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've believed in him for as long as you can remember. We all have different journeys, different paths. But at some point, giving your life to Christ is the single most powerful thing that you can do. But the problem is, and there always seems to be a but, doesn't there, that many of the people who ultimately take that step of accepting Jesus as their saviour don't take the next step. You see, that step that I just told you about, how it happened in my life, was only the first step. It's a step over the threshold into a new life, a rich life, an abundant life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
That's about putting your trust in Jesus. But do you notice what it says that you and I are called to confess with our lips? That Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord of all, including the Lord of our lives. Your life, my life. And if Jesus has truly become the Lord of your life, then his will becomes the overriding factor, the overriding measure, the overriding decision factor in your life. The problem is people want to accept Jesus as their saviour, but not as their Lord. Jesus knew that, which is why he also said, and I'm reading from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, he said, Not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. For on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. You see, that's about self-deception. You and I, we're masters of self-deception. We kid ourselves that we've made Jesus the Lord of our lives and then we go off and live however we want. We toddle off and we live our lives with gay abandon, spending money on ourselves, hand over fist, cocooning ourselves in luxury, ignoring what the Word of God says about this and that and helping the poor and loving our enemies and all that stuff. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Check. Tick in the box. I'm into heaven. I have the gift of eternal life. Well, uh, no, not according to Jesus, because unless our lives reflect through our thoughts and our words and our deeds that Jesus truly is the Lord of our lives, then we're absolutely kidding ourselves. We're in for a rude shock on that day when we stand before God in judgment. Let me ask you a question. Imagine a man is married to a woman, their husband and wife, but then that man goes out and dates other women, sleeps with other women. He doesn't care for his wife. He's not loyal and faithful to his wife. What do his actions say about the genuineness and the reality of their marriage? Well, clearly, they're married legally on paper, But if you put the reality, the genuineness of that marriage to the test in a court of law, a court that's intent on examining the facts of the evidence, that court would have to find that that marriage isn't real. It's exactly the same with our relationship with Jesus. It has to be real. Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus is the Lord of Lords. And once you've taken that first step of believing in him and accepting him as your saviour, the second step is living out the rest of your life with him as your Lord. The second step is laying down your life for him rather than continuing to live the way you'd always lived. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 26. Then he said to them all, If any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. What does it profit them if they gain the whole world, but they lose or forfeit themselves? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes into his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Can I ask you, how are you living your life? Are you busy saving your own life, looking after numero uno, feathering your own nest? Is that how you're living? Because if it is then the evidence suggests that your relationship with Jesus is not genuine. And to the extent that you're ashamed to stand for Jesus in this sinful, hurting world, to the same extent Jesus will be ashamed of you on that judgment day that we will all face one day. Or are you sacrificing each and every day the things that were once dear to you in order to follow wherever Jesus leads you? If that's the case, then though you may stumble and falter along the way, Jesus won't be ashamed of you on that judgment day.
People don't like it when I talk about these things. I've had people say to me, Bernie, I'm saved by grace through faith. It doesn't matter what I do. I'll still go to heaven. Well, the first part of that's true. We are saved by grace through faith. Absolutely that's true. Nothing you or I can do can work us into God's favour. Only faith in Jesus can wipe our slate clean. Nothing else. But the second part, when you listen to what Jesus has to say, well, it's not true. Because you will know a tree by its fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. The fruit is the evidence of what's going on inside that tree. And the only way that I know of turning bad into good is having a relationship with Jesus. A personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. Because when we have that, the Holy Spirit comes in and fills us from the inside out and takes the bad things and turns them into good. Good fruit is something that the Holy Spirit produces in us and through us. So let me ask you, have you taken the second step? Are you living your life with Jesus as your Lord? Or are you going to be one of those many who gets a rude surprise on Judgment Day? Life can be hard work some days. And as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response, hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.